The following Truth Barista podcast is a high beam ministry production. Blessing. Some kind of divine or supernatural aid or reward. The Hebrew word for blessing is one of the most important words in the Bible, bracha. It is used over 640 times in the Old Testament and is pictured in God's original plan for humankind. Genesis 1, 27-28 states that after God created a man and a woman in his own image, he blessed them. What an encouraging truth to know that we were created for blessing. Welcome to the Airzats Coffee Shop. This is Jay, your truth barista, and I'm serving up a steamy cup of God's truth for the average Joe. You can catch me and this podcast on my website, highbeamministry.com. That's H-I-G-H-B-E-A-M ministry.com, as in car high beams. We're shining the light of God's truth on the road ahead. Truth Barista, well, I brought your coffee over. Why, thank you, sir. What in the world are you doing? Face a final frontier. What are you talking about? Well, your hands, you look like Star Trek with Mr. Spock's movement of his hands. Oh, yeah, you mean this, like, live long and prosper thing. Oh, it's very strange. That's very very strange for you. Well. And your ears aren't even pointy. I know, my head is, though. Yes. Okay, you see, and it's really kind of cool, because here, you try it. You see, you put your hand out, and you just do the two fingers each side and stick your thumb up. You're having a real hard time with that, aren't you? Well, no, the the left hand works. The right hand, boy, I tell you. Well, you know what's fun, too, is when you turn it sideways, it looks like a shark, too, and you can make it bite Wow. Yeah, I mean, wow, Truth Barista. I, I don't really want to call you dumb, but wow. <laughs> okay. Well, I suppose I should explain it. You want to sit down and, and I can run my class by you here? Yeah, I'd love to. Now, you're you're saying that that movement of your hands like Spock had to do with living long and prospering. Does that have to do with the original Yes, it something? does. It's actually Aaron's blessing that yeah. you find in number six in the Bible. If you were to paraphrase it, that's how you would paraphrase it. And since Leonard Nimoy was Jewish, and at the end of the synagogue service and other events, the rabbi would put his two hands up, touch the index fingers and the thumbs together, making like a triangle. And then he would hold his hands out over the people because that little W with the hand is the Hebrew letter Sheen, which stands for Shem or the name, because God in number six says, and this is how you will bless my people, Aaron, and put my name on them. Now, that's the blessing or the prayer that they do all the time in the synagogue, right? Right. But Christians aren't unfamiliar with this because we use the same prayer if you've grown up in a high church Mm -hmm. setting or a higher church setting like Lutheran or, you know, Catholic or some other established higher church. That's the prayer that goes or the blessing that goes, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom. That's such a great prayer. Isn't it beautiful? Yeah, it's a positive, such a wonderful.
powerful way of sending people away. Exactly. It is a blessing that you carry with you from God, with God, as you go into life. Would you like to hear it in Hebrew? Wow, <laughs> you're going to do it in Hebrew, Truth Barista? Yeah, it's kind of oh, cool. I'm okay. impressed. Okay, well, we'll see if this works here. Yevrechecha Adonai vayishmarecha, Yaer Adonai panavalecha vechunecha, Yisa Adonai panavalecha vayesemlecha, Shalom. Someone say amen. Amen. Wow, I feel blessed. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> it is. I feel blessed. I feel blessed. Okay, well, let's talk about that today. Okay. Because that's what my class coming up is going to be. Let's talk about it in like four quick segments, okay? Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the first one, let's talk about blessings. Okay. And then let's cut the, the Aaron's blessing down into three parts, mm-hmm. the three stanzas, and then we'll explain what they are, okay. and then I'll put it together at the end. Okay? okay, so where do we start? Okay, well, let me ask you a question. What does a blessing mean? What does it mean to bless somebody? Well, I think it's favor. It's something that you're imparting on somebody that gives them the very best of what you have to say or give. You're blessing them with something. Right. It's doing something good for somebody. Right. And in this setting, it's asking God to do something good for somebody. It's asking for his favor, asking for him to place his goodness in somebody's life. In fact, you can even ask it for yourself, too. And what's really cool is that the Apostle John said that when we pray according to God's will, he hears us. So if we look at Scripture that God wants to bless somebody with salvation, then we could speak a blessing upon them and say, Lord, would you bless them and open up your eyes to the saving power of Jesus Christ. And that's a blessing that you can bless somebody with. May the Lord bless you with strength in your inner man. May the Lord bless you with a merciful heart that looks for people to help. Those are all things that line up with God's word. And in a sense, a blessing is a type of prayer in accordance with God's will. It can be answered. Well, I have a friend that every time he departs, instead of saying goodbye, he goes, God bless you or bless you. He gives a blessing, which I thought, well, that's different. It's not something that you normally hear. No, it's different and it's good. I mean, who wouldn't want God to bless them, right? So it's wishing well on somebody. The opposite of that would be a curse, right? Wishing ill on somebody. I have in my notes here, the Erdman Bible Dictionary defines the curse as this, the invocation of harm or injury upon a person or people, either immediately or contingent upon particular circumstances. Well, and where do we get curses from? I mean, the Bible talks about blessing and cursings, but even witchcraft, isn't that when they talk about being a curse? Yeah, they're going to curse you. In other words, they're invoking or asking a demonic force to do something bad to you. Okay, well, it's kind of funny, too, when you study this. I've noticed a very important thing. People seem to put more faith in curses than they do in blessings. Why is that? Because we're afraid of them more? Because we're afraid of them more. But when you really think of it, Proverbs says that ill-deserved curse does not light upon somebody. So if you think somebody's cursing you, just blow it off. Now, if it's a demonic witchcraft curse, then you just ask the Lord to deal with those types of things and intercept them. But turn it around and say, well, if we believe curses are real, how much more would a blessing from God have an effect on somebody's life? Speaking of curses. 
You want to hear some funny curses? Oh, I'd love to. Okay. I'm well, kind of, I guess I would. I'm kind of a student of Yiddish culture, which okay. would be Eastern European Jewish culture. And they've got some great Yiddish curses. One is, may he have a house with a thousand bedrooms, and may each bedroom have a thousand beds, and may he go from bed to bed every night just looking for a good night's sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's a creative curse. Wow. Here's another one. Here's another one. May every tooth in his mouth drop out except one so he can have a toothache. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, now I got a really good one for you here. This one's really funny. I was in a congregation one time and I shared, may his butt drop off. (laughs) And the whole, everybody thought, I was like, what? Some lady in the back of the congregation yelled out, somebody curse me. (laughs) Oh my. (laughs) Just absolutely fell out laughing right there. What would be the point of a butt falling off? (laughs) I don't know. Can't walk. I mean, who knows? You can't sit for any length of time. But anyway, moving along, I thought that was hilarious. But, you know, blessing, we're kind of having a little fun with the blessing and cursing here, but blessings are a very serious thing because God said, you are to put my blessing on my people. In fact, you go through God's word itself. He takes blessing very seriously for life. Let's say that it, meaning unity among the brethren in Psalm 133.3, it is like the dew of Hermon, Mount Hermon, descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commands the blessing, which is life forever. God commands blessing. God wants to bestow blessings. And so when the Israelites were in the desert at Mount Sinai, God tells them in Numbers chapter 6, this is how, Moses, I want you to put my blessing on my people. And the blessing, first of all, comes from my presence with them. That's why he said to put my name, representing myself, upon my people. So we come to that three-part Aaron's blessing, and let's get into the first stanza, okay? Okay. It's the Lord bless you and keep you. Now, to us, let me ask you, what does that mean to you just on face value when you go to church? The Lord bless you and keep you. Well, I think we would be under his provision of grace and protection, security, assurance that he's got our back. Okay, very good. That's very close. Let me give you the rabbi's perspective on this because, you know, they've only been studying it like a lot longer than we have, right? Right. Okay. So, the Lord bless you is an invocation to them. They're asking God to give you material prosperity and material blessings. Isn't that crazy? Well, now, that's interesting because Yeshua taught us to bless those that curse us. So are we asking the same thing on those that are our enemies? Wouldn't that be fascinating that God is asking us to bless somebody materially, if we take this at face value, That really makes an impact on somebody because actions speak louder than words. And to bless our enemy, it's more like, ah, bless you. Well, how about you see your enemy and he's cursing you, he's being mean to you, but you see a need in their life and say, here, you know, I I see that you need this. Here's a blessing for you in the name of the Lord. Wow, what an impact that would be. Mm -hmm. So that kind of falls in line with the way the rabbis see it. He says, the reason that this pertains to a material prosperity is it says, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Okay, here's his reasoning. Rabbi Hirsch writes this. He's from the 1800s. Since this verse requires protection, even after they've been granted, spiritual blessings are protected only by the personal worthiness of the recipients, but material blessings are always subject to outside danger. So it's may the Lord bless you with material things, but may the Lord keep those material blessings. 
That's one perspective. However, you look at, it says, it doesn't say bless you and keep it. It says bless you and keep you. The phrase and keep you can also be said guard safely and watch. So this word choice led the rabbis to determine that the blessings of the first part are about material blessing and the Lord intends to not only bestow them on you, but these gifts are such that God can only guarantee them since the most powerful people on earth can have a gift and can still be taken from them by somebody else. Now, the reason it says, and bless you, is because God wants you to take the blessings he gives you, and he wants you to bless others. May the Lord bless you, and may the Lord keep them for you, is kind of the sense of this, so that you may bless other people. Remember you had talked a while back about the evil eye? Mm -hmm. Isn't there something about something being stingy there? Right. To have a good eye or a bad eye in scripture means to be generous or stingy, because a good eye is always looking for an opportunity to give and be charitable. An evil eye is an eye that's closed to the needs that are around them. So that falls in beautifully with this. You're a good student, Mason Well, Larry. I am just trying to learn at your feet, Truth Barista. <laughs> Hey, which reminds me, speaking of <laughs> speaking of needs, yes. could you bless me with a cup of coffee, oh, dude? Oh, I'll get my feet right in that direction. Here I go. You're the cream in my coffee. I'd be lost without you. Truth Barista, every week we talk about things that are so important, but we want our audience to know that, you know, there's a cost to this stuff. Your education, your time that you develop around a theme and you help people understand it at a deeper level. I mean, we really would like people to like us on Facebook. We'd like people to further our conversations through their social media, and we also want them to help support us. Highbeam Ministry has a lot to offer all sorts of people. Just go to the website, highbeamministry.com, and we've got the podcast, but we also have resources like some Bible study notes we're producing on the book of Daniel and the Feasts of the Lord. We also have tremendous blog articles that we share and all sorts of additional resources for people. In fact, we have a page for news and great articles that are out there that people would find of interest, current events that relate to the Bible, fascinating topics of where we're at prophetic because I like that kind of stuff. So I put that up there. We have a lot of resources. Encourage everybody to go to highbeamministry.com. Truth Research, we're meeting a need because there is a lack of good Bible teaching and good themes that never get mentioned. And so we're mentioning that. We're diving into the Bible. And that's our source. It is the Bible, not our doctrine or our church doctrine or whatever. It's the Bible. And that's where you can really get a lot of help in your spiritual growth. And what we like to do is to take those Bible truths and apply them in real time with the struggles that we have as individuals, the struggles you may be facing. So we need your financial support 
to keep this ministry rolling. More than just the podcast. We need your support to keep the ministry rolling so we can do this full-time, produce this content for you that will strengthen you in your Christian walk and give you answers for the questions that come up day to day. So where do people go to get more information and how to give and how to find more articles and more podcasts? Go to High Beam Ministry, as in car high beams, highbeamministry.com. Look for the donate button on the webpage. If you want to contact us through email, it's highbeamministry at gmail.com. All one word, highbeamministry at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love your suggestions. We'd love your comments. We'd really, though, also love to have you support us. Truth, Marisa, this is so great. I'm really learning a lot about blessing and cursing. But, you know, sometimes we have talked and many people have talked about how people who have this prosperity message doctrine or theology, they're in error. But it sounds like to me that God really does want to bless us. Yes, he does. When you read through scripture, God's desire for all of his children are to be blessed. The first one is for them to be blessed with a renewed relationship. With them. God doesn't want anybody to perish. He wants them all to come home. Which is prosperity. Which is, I mean, that's the ultimate prosperity right there. But you also read in scripture is a mark of prosperity for human beings is success and good things in life. The problem with the prosperity gospel is that it often turns it back into toward the person. It becomes very selfish. I'm doing this to get that. Well, prosperity becomes more important than God himself. Exactly. The point is, is that God wants to prosper prosper you, but the prosperity you receive is intended to go to other people who aren't as prosperous as you, who have genuine needs and who are really hurting. And by the way, again, that is a tremendous witness of the Lord in your flesh, so to speak. People don't have really any vision of God than what they see through you. So when you say God is a loving, giving God, the best way to show it is to be loving and giving, and you do that by blessing them. So in this first stanza, the Lord bless you and keep you, it's about material prosperity, having God keep that prosperity and to guard you and then to help you bless others. (laughs) All that packed up in those few words. Okay, here's the second blessing. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, may the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Okay, throughout the Bible, light is often a picture of God and his word. So, for example, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Got it? So, given that, they're saying, hmm, may the Lord make his face shine on you. What does that mean? Well, an Italian rabbi from the 1500s said this, may God enlighten you so that you will be capable of perceiving the wondrous wisdom of the Torah and of God's intricate creation. Having received the blessings of prosperity, we have the peace of mind to go beyond the elementary requirements of survival. In other words, God gives you the material things you need so you can turn your attention not toward your needs, but toward his word and himself. Mm. Isn't that great? May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. And that one's really simple. After being granted material and physical blessings, after opening your eyes to his glory and greatness through the inspiration of his word, he's asking, may the Lord help you find favor with us 
others as well as himself. Well, now, answer this question for me. When Moses was up on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments, he would not allow Moses to see his face, but he saw the backside of it. Right. So now you're saying, well, may his face shine upon you. That's so, yep. what yep, happened you're right. there? Well, it's fascinating. At that point, there was no way for Moses to see God's face. You're right. He could only see his backside. You know, now we're not just talking about his butt. Okay, the whole, he couldn't look upon the face of the Lord. The face reflects the person. So Moses was in a position where he could get a bigger understanding of God, but not the biggest understanding of God. It's fascinating when you go to Paul, Paul says, and now we with unveiled faces behold the glory of God in Jesus. Because now we have the Holy Spirit resident in us. We have a better understanding and a better grasp of God than Moses did. Talk about the light of God illuminating us on the inside now. We just don't have the light of God shining on us. We have the light of God shining out from within us. Mm. So, may the Lord make his face shine on you. Rather than looking at the Lord looking at you, maybe we should be the Lord looking out at the world. Mm. Isn't that a beautiful thought? Wow. Okay, and be gracious to you. Yeah, we all need grace. We need grace with one another. We need grace with God. So now we go to the third blessing here. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you can be said this way. May the Lord turn his face toward you. Now, another rabbi about, you know, 1100s wrote that this could be understood to be a blessing that the Lord would suppress his anger, meaning that even if we are sinful, the Lord will show us special considerations and not punish us but forgive us. I, I love that, but I think the countenance itself, I'm, I'm sort of struggling with that idea. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you. What would be another interpretation for countenance? His face, his face. But so, let me give you the idea behind that. Okay. Okay, you know Benny that's just down the street, right? Oh, the, yeah, good old Benny. Yeah, we don't like Benny very much, do we? <laughs> and sad to say, you know, we've got to deal with some of the, yeah. you know, the characters in we the neighborhood here. We still have to bless him. We still have to bless we him. We still have to bless him. You're you're right. But have you ever noticed that, and I do this, I'm confessing, when Benny walks into the shop, I don't always look up at him right away. Mm-mm. And if I pass him on the sidewalk, because we've had some arguments, I have a tendency to turn my face away from him. And mm-hmm. yeah, okay. This is the idea actually behind this verse. May the Lord lift up his face mm. toward you. Benny's not exactly in my favor at this time. Right. So I drop my face as I go by him. I need to fix that. However, I do things that the Lord isn't very proud of me about, and he's displeased with me at times. No, 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 no! And the sense I get is God is dropping his face, and I'm out of his favor. See, that's the idea. When you're in somebody's favor, they look at you face to face. When you're out of favor with somebody, they drop their gaze. So this blessing is, may the Lord lift his face to you. So maybe if I could kind of summarize that a little bit, the third blessing is looked at as the Lord's compassion above and beyond what we deserve as expressed by his favor through the forgiveness of sin and the giving of peace. Do we deserve to be separated from God, Amazing Larry, because of our sins? Absolutely. But is there anything we can do personally apart from the Lord to remove that sin and punishment? No. It's totally the Lord's grace when he chooses to lift his face to us and grant us that forgiveness. That which we don't deserve, 
but very desperately need. That is the idea of God lifting his face to you. And because of that, that leads right into the last part, and give you peace. I'll tell you what, you talk to most people who have gotten saved, and maybe you have some testimonies to this too. There are people who have just led the most rugged lives for the longest periods of time, or maybe have gone through an intense just jumping into sin and the world with both feet. They come in here, sit down with a cup of coffee with us, and and as they start talking, all of a sudden they say, you know, I really need God. And right there we pray, and they look up and they go, I have never felt this kind of peace before. This is amazing. Mm. I mean, have you had that kind of an experience? Well, I, yes, I have. In my own life, I realized how angry a, as a young man I was. And as soon as the Lord got a hold of me, things, sort of that anger melted away. And in our world today, when there's so much turmoil, so much anger and, and discontentment with one another, when the Lord enters the picture, everything sort of melts away and we see things for what, what it is with his blessing. And that's why we need the Lord in our society. Again. Can I chain on that a little bit? Absolutely. You know all the turmoil that's been going on around us in the cities and yes. things? Mm-hmm. That lack of peace that we see is really indicative of a lack of God. You look at now the protests where Christians are getting together and saying, well, if the protesters can go out there and tear the place up, then why don't we get out there, sing, pray, and build the place up? There is a marked difference in peace and lack of peace between the two groups. It's the difference between God being present and having and looking upon us with favor as opposed to God not being present and being under his dis favor. And that whole idea of peace is really the indicator, kind of wraps the whole blessing thing up. Let me get to that word that he uses here for peace. It's shalom. We've talked about this before, right? Shalom is more than just the absence of war. It's actually meaning harmony between fighting parties, between parties in conflict. Okay, it's bringing animosity and warfare to an end, yes, but it's bringing them back together in peace. This is a peace that defies all contradictory circumstances that makes us want to scream with anxiety. So, I am at war with my world, so to speak, and I am desperately in need of God's help. Let's say my health is challenged, so I'm at war with my body, so to speak. Well, there comes a point when God brings a healing to my life, or God gives me the ability to work with this health situation I'm getting through, and that sense of peace settles on me. And it's like, Lord, you and I can get through this together. When two people are fighting with each other, the reconciliation, I love the racial reconciliation stuff I'm seeing amongst Christians where you see police officers hugging, you know, black police officers hugging white rioters or white police officers hugging black rioters or any other color rioters. And it's such a beautiful picture because you can see the peace that's there, the removal of the conflict and the bringing together of the parties. Really, ultimately, this blessing is that we would be brought into harmony with God, and we would be brought into harmony with each other. (laughs) That's, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Doing so brings shalom. I just love that. You know, that whole idea, it's harmony between conflicting forces. Wow. Okay, so you're ready? That's incredible. Yeah, it is. It's a beautiful idea. You can just sit there in the coffee shop with a cup of coffee and just Mm -hmm. meditate on that one for a while. And that's why people come in here and say, man, there's such a sense of peace in the Erzatz coffee shop. It's amazing. Okay, so to finish the class that I'm going to teach, can I give you a summary of the blessing? Absolutely. Okay, 
Let me preface it with this. When Jesus was about to depart his disciples 10 days before Pentecost or Shavuot, it says in Luke 24 verse 50 that he lifted up his hands and blessed them. We miss the importance of that. The lifting of the hands is a Jewish expression for the Aaronic blessing, Aaron's blessing, because in number six, God says, you shall lift your hands and bless them. Jesus was putting this blessing on his disciples, and I have just spoke earlier the Hebrew words that he spoke in that blessing. So here we go. Now, imagine this. As Jesus is speaking this word and blessing his disciples, he is now rising into heaven to start his priestly intercession like the high priest Aaron. He speaks the words that have been placed on his people for thousands of years and would be spoken for at least, we know, a few thousand more to this day. So here's my paraphrase of this. May the Lord bless you with all the material prosperity you need, and may he protect it so that you can do good works, especially that you may have time to learn his word. May he give you insight into his word so that you can see the absolute wonder of who he is and how he's causing all things to work for good in his plan, and through that, grant you favor with him and other people. And may he top it off with everything you don't deserve but desperately need, everything that he is more than willing to give you through his covenant love and affection, and may you be overwhelmed entirely with his peace. Now imagine speaking that blessing at the end of church. Rather than the Lord bless you and keep you, you could do that. You could do it in Hebrew. Mm -hmm. But imagine taking that paraphrase Mm. and speaking it every week. What an encouragement. Oh, it's so beautiful. So, you know, for us, you and me, I speak blessing on you. I speak blessing on the Erzatz coffee shop. I pray a blessing for everybody who comes in and listens to our Bible study from the next table over here. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his shalom. In the name of Jesus the Messiah. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face And I pray that the Lord will be gracious to you and give you peace. This is Jay, your Truth Barista. Thanks for listening to the Truth Barista Podcast. 